Good morning, friends. The Lord be with you. All right. Well, this morning, guys, we're going to look at Romans 5, where it talks about hope and suffering. And just to recap real briefly, it says that not only so, we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. And the good news that we proclaim today is that through Jesus Christ, we find ourselves standing in the wide open spaces of his grace and love so that even in our current sufferings, hope is bursting through. That's good news, isn't it? So now it's time to get real, y'all, as my... Southern friends would say, although Mallory's back with the kids. So anyway, time to get real. Um, As some of you know, I'm new to preaching, getting used to it. And I have said at the beginning, okay, I'll step into preaching. I'll do this on one condition. Do not have me preach on suffering (laughs) or the problem of evil in the world. And yet here we are today. Guys, usually I will, before I sign up for a week for preaching, I will go and look at the schedule. I will look at the scripture readings. I will read through them and make sure, okay, this isn't going to cover suffering or the problem of evil. Okay, I'm good. For some reason, I didn't do that this week, this time. I don't know where my mind went. Um, Did not do that, so here we are today. (laughs) The reason why... Um, I want to avoid that is it has been a struggle for me to just to understand and to receive and to believe passages like this. Um, Some of you know that I have dealt with chronic pain and chronic fatigue for about 10 years now and haven't had answers for it. I have been to doctor after doctor. I've had MRIs. I have had blood tests. I've seen chiropractors. I've gone to physical therapy. I have changed my diet. I have tried new vitamins. (laughs) List after list, thing after thing. Um, Next month, I'm going to see a rheumatologist. Um, But this is what makes it difficult for me. I don't know why this is happening. Um, Just this past Tuesday, I got home from work, and the fatigue hit me again. It feels like there are like concrete bricks strapped to my back. Um, I feel like I'm coming down with the flu. Like that, it's just the energy is zapped to zero, and I have to stop, and I have to go and rest. I just can't keep moving. Um, I want to go and engage with my kids. You know, I want to get things knocked off my to-do list. I want to get stuff done around the house, but I am unable to. And it is really difficult. It's been years of frustration and confusion and lack of answers. So I feel very in touch with my own suffering. It's not an not a abstract conversation for me. And I don't know about you guys, but what I've been told, what I've heard when it comes to suffering has just not been helpful. Or it's just been downright wrong. <laughs> 
And I know that there are many others in our community who are going through similar difficult things. Sharon's dad was just in the hospital this past week again. Uh, there are others of you who deal with chronic pain in our, in our community here as well. Um, we heard a few weeks ago that ICE had raided Ignacio's family restaurant. Um, there, are, there are multiple difficult things that we all are experiencing that are all difficult. Suffering is everywhere. I mean, if you live a moment, it's inevitable. You will probably bump up against some sort of suffering in your life. It's local, it's worldwide, it's small, it's big, it's short-term, it's long-term, it's everywhere. And it's very easily, uh, very easy to get overwhelmed by it. And often the responses that we're given or that we hear, the thoughts that we have about suffering are things like, there's the, there's the sugar-coated Hallmark card, like country lovey song responses. You know those responses to suffering? I like to call them theological cotton candy. Like it tastes good for a moment, but in the long run, it's really bad for you. <laughs> uh, or I don't know if you guys have had this one. If suffering happens, like something is wrong and needs to be fixed. I need to fix it. So I need to figure it out and change it so that I can make it better. Or I must have done something wrong to cause this. Like Job's friends. Remember, he was, his friends were, well, you must have done something wrong to, to have caused this. Or God must be trying to teach me something. That must be it. I need, to, I need to learn something. And he's just trying to use this to teach me something. Or this is evidence that I'm disconnected from him. That he's angry with me. Or that he simply just must not care. Like he just doesn't see me. I'm left alone in the midst of all of this. These are the stories that sometimes I hear. And they're the stories that wear us down, that use us up, that take its toll on us. There's shame that comes in in the midst of suffering. There's disappointment when it happens again and again. There's hopelessness that can settle in. And suffering begins this downward spiral for a lot of us when we're going through it where it feels like ultimately this is having the last word in my life. And on my bad days, I read passages like this, hope in the midst of suffering, and it just feels like hope is too far of a reach. It feels risky. It feels risky to put myself out there again and hope or try to hope one more time. It feels like the cost is just too high. So that's where I've been left, and here I am with the task of preaching on suffering. <laughs> so this week, I've definitely had a kairos, as we like to say around here, a moment where God is at work, where God does have some good news for us in this. So we're going to dive into that. What is Paul saying in this passage? What, is, what, like, what do we do when suffering happens? Is there a different experience of suffering? that's available to us. What does God want us to say? Or what does God want to say to us? Excuse me. And friends, I'm not going to have easy answers for you because it's not easy and it's a mystery. But what I do know 
is that God is not the author of suffering. That what he does consistently again and again throughout scripture is come in to redeem and restore, to bring life and not death. So the good news that we cling to today is that through Jesus Christ, we find ourselves standing in the wide open spaces of his grace and of his love so that even in our current sufferings, hope is bursting through. So let's take a deeper look for a moment at our text, Romans 5. And Romans 5 is basically what Paul had learned um, about faith and hope and love through his own sufferings. Like this isn't a guy who just comes in who really hasn't gone through much in his life and is like, here, let me give you some advice. Let me tell you what to do. Let me tell you what to think and what to feel. No, like he has gone through immense struggles. He had his whole life turned upside down. He had been stoned almost to death. He had been in prison. He had gone through immense persecution. He knew suffering. And one of the things that I found interesting as I was studying is that in his day, in the New Testament, there was a different perspective on suffering. There was a different understanding. It was more... Uh, seen as just a normal experience of life. It was an inevitable feature of life. And I think that we as Americans um, aren't accustomed to suffering. It's not a normal feature. At least that's sort of what we expect, what we want, what we're told through the media. Um, We're not accustomed to it. We have our comforts. We have our options. We have all of these things, right? And so we're given things like the American dream and meritocracy. Like if I just work hard, do the right things, then things will go well. And so when suffering does come, it sends us reeling. You're like, what is happening? All the questions and the doubts come up and we don't do well with it. So there's a difference there for us. I think that's important to just to name and to notice. And in our passage today, Paul starts off with setting this foundation, declaring this new reality in the first section where it says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So he's setting that foundation. He's basically saying, here is where we are. It's like in those maps. We went to the zoo in Cincinnati a few weeks back and trying to find out where we are, you find those huge maps and there's the dot that says, you are here. That's what he's doing. He's saying, here's where the new reality is. Because Christ died and rose, we now have life beyond the one that we're currently experiencing. That God moved in to restore his creation and bring his shalom And this is the new reality of the kingdom. This is where we stand, and this changes everything. So, declaring that Jesus has risen from the dead, he goes on saying, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Because of this new reality, our relationship to suffering has changed. 
It's no longer that downward spiral because we have hope. And that phrase, hope does not put us to shame, that's a big one. It means it does not disappoint us. It doesn't disgrace us, dishonor us. It doesn't prove illusionary. It doesn't put us to shame. See, friends, suffering now is not just a circumstance to get over, but it's now the location of the meeting place with God. It is a holy moment because his love is being poured out and is available to us. This unhindered access that we have in that difficult, difficult moment, his love is being poured out. He takes that which has been meant for evil and he turns it for good. And we have unhindered access to this life in the midst of suffering. And this isn't a silver lining. It's not wishful thinking. It's not like just gritting my teeth and bearing to get through it. This is our reality. Everything has changed. We have a lot of new babies in our community and a lot of uh, babies that are almost here. It's a very exciting time. And for those of you who have had babies, you know the birth pains that come. And you know that when you're in labor and experiencing that, even in the midst of pain, you endure because you know what's coming. You know what's on the other side, that there's this beautiful life coming, that it's coming and soon it's gonna be here fully. And so you endure. And similarly, in the midst of our sufferings, we endure because we know what's on the other side. We know what's coming. So our sufferings are now a new kind of spiral because God has reached out and grabbed hold of that spiral that has typically brought us down. He's grabbed hold of it and turned it on, it, on, turned it on its head. And now it's an upward spiral that our sufferings now draw us up into the love of God. And one day the whole earth will be filled with the glory of his love. Every tear is going to be wiped from our eyes. All the sad songs are going to end. And every broken person is going to be mended. That's our great hope. For right now, we are caught between the two ages. Dallas Willard calls it the already and the not yet. And those two are chafing together at times, and sometimes it's painful. But our hope is that it is not the end. This is not the end. My story is not yet finished. Your story is not yet finished. It's not yet done. This new story of Jesus rising from the dead is the story that shapes our lives now. Friends, Paul does not say that whenever the world breaks us, we will inevitably grow back stronger. That's not what he's saying. We won't heal back stronger sometimes. Sometimes people are broken and broken for good. They don't get back to 100%. But what he does promise is that our suffering need never be wasted because we belong to Christ. And we're in the outflow of his love and his peace so that now that which we suffered doesn't have the final word. That's the new reality. 
that can produce life. It's God's great redemption. So the good news that we cling to, we hang on to today, is that through Jesus Christ, we find ourselves standing in the wide open spaces of his grace and love. So that even in our current sufferings, hope is bursting through. And I wonder sometimes, um, for myself, I wonder sometimes if why I struggle so much or so deeply is because I choose to suffer alone. That it's easier sometimes to just put on a happy face, to smile, to not reach out. You know, there's those moments where um, you feel vulnerable to share. You know, like it's been really difficult this week or it's been really difficult this morning. I felt awful or going through this hard thing. Like shame causes us to not reach out. But friends, hope gets spoken in the midst of community. What we need is dispersed through you and through me. And as we reach out to each other and take that risk to share, to be vulnerable, to connect, that's when we live into our new story. That's when we get to be agents of peace and of hope. And I find that the more that I do that, the more that I'm strengthened. The more that people just say a phrase and I'm like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And passages that do deal with suffering are transformed for me. They're no longer difficult to read, or I read them and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. They're not like that anymore. They come alive for me. You know, verses like peace will guard your heart and mind because love is concentrated into our hearts. Nothing can separate us. Even in our sufferings have become the occasion where hope is being birthed. Verses like in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Verses like those come alive for me when I'm reaching out and not trying to suffer on my own. I'm not trying to suffer on my own, but fear keeps me from reaching out, and therefore I suffer on my own. So the good news to us, friends, is that our sufferings and the sufferings of the world, everything that we read in the news every day, the stories that our relatives and our friends are going through, those no longer get to define us. Even they are transformed. They no longer get the last word. Because of Jesus Christ, they have been rendered impotent. They no longer have the power they used to have. So one of the things I also have been reflecting on this week is how I will typically either fight suffering um, with answers or solutions or striving and just pushing forward, um, or I'll flee from it. You know, you medicate, you numb, you ignore, um, those kind of responses. And um, just noticing that, I think, has been helpful, recognizing it, naming it, saying, oh yeah, there, it's happening again. Being able to choose to do something different, 
in light of this good news. Um, and also a few weeks ago, uh, my daughter Raina, my oldest daughter, and I uh, got our first tattoos. <laughs> it was super fun. Um, and it's kind of ironic because, uh, because the, the tattoo that I got says hope and it's got a semicolon on it. Um, I mean, I didn't really plan this. I don't, I don't get a tattoo for every sermon I preach, but you know, <laughs> when I do. Um, but it's, it's in my own handwriting because I needed to tell myself and remind myself to hope. Um, it's on my weaker hand, it's on my left hand. So it's in moments of weakness, I can remind myself. Um, and the semicolon means that my story is not yet finished. There's no period, it's a semicolon. And this tattoo for me is, is keeping hope in front of me in those moments when suffering wants to telescope my vision, when I'm being drowned out by the pain or the fatigue or the lack of answers, that there's hope in the midst of it, that I can choose to trust and surrender. So, in the releasing, my relationship to suffering is changing. It's, it's in the midst of it. It's happening. It's not always easy. But it is changing. I'm finding hope and peace. And peace is, I'm learning, not the absence of struggle, but the presence of love. And as love is continually being poured out into our hearts. One of my favorite, favorite quotes is from Frederick Buechner. And the quote says, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not fear. And the reason why we can choose to not fear is because Jesus is risen. That's our new reality. That's the hope that this brings. Peace, hope, love, all of that, which are all manifestations of life in the Trinity. And today is Trinity Sunday. I love that our verse today talks about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because those are all manifestations of life in the Trinity, and we're connected to this, to this life today. So the good news that we proclaim is that through Jesus Christ, we find ourselves standing in the wide open spaces of his love, so that even in our current sufferings, Hope is bursting through. I'd love for us to just take a minute and respond to this good news. It's important for us, when we hear God speaking, to respond in action. And so typically we will say a prayer, but our sermons are always leading us to the table, where we can take communion, where we can receive his life, the bread and the body. But now we're going to move into a time of prayer, and I'd love for you to just reflect on where is that suffering for you that feels like it's threatening you? Or where in the world do you see suffering that you want to ask for perseverance, for faith, for hope? So as those come to mind, we're going to spend a few moments in prayer. And there's a prayer in our booklet that you can look at. If it's helpful for you, pray that out loud, and we will say, uh, you'll say, Lord in, Lord, in your mercy, and we'll say, hear our prayer. We'll stand with you and agree with you. If you'd rather just say it quietly to yourself, that's okay, too.
So the prayer is, Lord, in the midst of blank, let your love fill me with perseverance to rest in your peace, stand in your grace, and cling to the hope of your kingdom. So now we'll move into a time of prayer. Lord, in the midst of the lack of answers, the physical struggle that I experience, and I know that others in our community and in our world experience, let your love fill me with perseverance to rest in your peace, stand in your grace, and cling to the hope of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. that you have risen from the dead, that you have put us in these places of grace and love. Thank you that our current sufferings no longer have the last word. We stand in hope today. Amen. Now, Bruce is going to lead us in a time of continued prayer for our community and for the world.